Puna Parasara, saint or sinner, welcome to our podcast where we interview two different people in our community and talk about the effects of colonization and how we think it should be represented in our schools. Due to many recent protests, the topic of colonization in Huna Parasara has come up in the Marin community. Huna Parasara was born on 1713 on the Spanish island of Mallorca. He was a Spanish Roman Catholic priest who was responsible for the construction of all missions along the west coast of California and Mexico. He tried to convert natives in Mexico and California, often through ruthless ways. He often starved and beat them when they did not comply or want to work. He forced them to farm and build the missions. He also stripped them of their culture. He and his men also brought many diseases that devastated the native population. There is a lot of debate within our own community of Marin about how we should represent him in our county and towns. Many think his statues should be taken down, and others think he is a saint who did many good things. We have gotten input from members of our own community, Mr. Williams and Mr. Boyd, and their thoughts on how colonization is still a part of our community and how it should be represented in our schools. Hi, uh, thank you for being on our podcast. Um, Could you please start by introducing yourself? Absolutely. Uh, My name is Nick Williams. I teach physics and engineering here at San Marin High School, um, and I live in Novato. I grew up in Oakland, so I am a California native, although I'm a California native from immigrant parents. My parents came to the U.S. from New Zealand. Thank you. Um, how did you learn about colonization in school when you were in school? Mm, I don't know that we ever actually learned about, like, the. Ter- I'm sure we learned the term colonization. I gotta be honest, I didn't pay a ton of attention in history classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't my passion. I really like math and I like science, and um, I didn't focus as much on history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know that we did, like, in fourth grade, we did the classic, you know, California mission project. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do that one, but you, like, build a mission out of popsicle sticks or yeah. sugar cubes or whatever. Um, and we did, like, a mission study. Um, I know that in high school, um, I did like a, a world history and a geography kind of thing. So I assume we talked about colonization in that, but, uh, honestly not a whole lot of it stuck with me. Um, did you ever learn anything about San Junipero Serra in school? And if you did, what did you learn about him? To my knowledge, I did not. Okay. I don't remember um, learning about him. I went to Oakland Public Schools uh, through eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then I went to a Catholic high school. And in neither of those situations, both in Oakland, um, and mm-hmm. in neither of those situations, I don't think I learned about Sarah. Okay. Um, how do you think colonization should be taught in our high schools and schools? I think it's a really tricky one. I think it's super, I think with all historical pieces, it's really important to attempt to represent all uh, stakeholder perspectives. Mm -hmm. So obviously the tricky thing is the people who write the history tend to be the colonizers. Um, And so when you look at like first person narratives or any documentation, um, it's always written from the people who came in Mm -hmm. and then did the colonizing and sometimes, you know, mostly took away a lot of the elements of native culture. And that's pretty universal. That's North America, Africa, South America, um, anywhere that was colonized. um, You get the the dominant colonizing culture perspective. So I think the really important thing is to emphasize and highlight the native culture perspectives as well. Um, And that's more challenging because their records aren't as well maintained. 
because uh, they might have been destroyed during the colonization process, yeah. or maybe they didn't keep as detailed written records from hundreds of years ago kind of thing. Um, but I think getting perspective uh, of what was the culture there before European, generally European, mm-hmm. um, immigration and colonization took place. And um, then, you know, because I think we, I, I remember doing like a perspective taking thing when I was in fifth grade or so with like Chinese immigration at Angel Island um, and the immigration station. And we like took the perspective of a Chinese immigrant and yeah. like read, you know, what was it like being in the Angel Island immigration station, uh, which is a nice word for concentration camp yeah. jail, right? Even using the term immigration station is, yeah. is pretty whitewashed. But um, I think that kind of perspective taking is good, mm-hmm. but that was also from a non-native population. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's important to attempt to teach and to really give students equal, if not greater, percentage of time thinking about the non-colonize, the non-colonizer, the colonized population, mm-hmm. and what that experience would have been like. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the recent protests against the statues of San Junipero Serra? Um, happening in our own community? I think it's really understandable. I think it's um, it's fair to be angry and frustrated about putting up a statue uh, to somebody who caused a lot of harm to your community. Um, I'm generally kind of a pacifist, so I would address most things through like talking it through um, mm-hmm. and not through tearing things down. Yeah. But I think requesting that it gets taken down and explaining uh, to the church like the, the damage that it's causing you mm-hmm. is really important. Um, and I understand the motivation behind wanting to tear it down. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think students should learn about the bad things that colonizers did? Like uh, how San Junipero Serra treated all the natives and just things like that in history? I think students should learn about it honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all humans are flawed, yeah. like we, we all make mistakes, and um, so when we present any human being, I think we should talk about like there was some really good stuff that happened, and yeah. also there was some really not good stuff that was culturally accepted at that time, mm-hmm. but was not a positive thing. Even when I'm teaching about scientists, we can talk about like this person made this great discovery, also he was a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Um, like you can do good science and be a bad person. Yeah. And that's tricky to think about, right? Because we want to put people in good category and mm-hmm. bad category, but people aren't purely good or purely bad. We all have good elements and bad elements, mm-hmm. and we try to help ourselves push to the good side. Yeah. So I think if you learn about like people make mistakes, some people are making mistakes consistently through their whole life that damage people really significantly. Yeah. And then how do we try to make it better? Um, but I think that, you know, we're, you know, hopefully students will get more used to that perspective. Yeah. Um, thinking about the world as not purely black and white, but more grayscale Mm -hmm. is hard. Yeah. But I think it's also important. Yeah. Um, how do you think colonization is still a part of the marine community culture? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think obviously colonization created most of the culture. Yeah. for most of our residents. Um, you know, our actual native 
American populations from, say, Miwok tribes yeah. uh, would be a very small percentage, less than 1%, mm -hmm. probably, of people in Marin County. And I think that's true probably for most of the U.S. and most of the colonized world, yeah. right? I know my parents come from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, not they, but their, their parents mm -hmm. were white immigrants to New Zealand from like England and Wales. And the native population in New Zealand is Maori people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so New Zealand has pushed really hard trying to get back to more of a recognizing of the Maori culture. Mm -hmm. And so they sing their national anthem in Maori and in English. Yeah. Um, for like two cultures that are both equally um, important. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it, you know, obviously I wouldn't be in Marin County if colonization wasn't a thing. Yeah. But it's kind of shaped a lot of our social mm -hmm. and physical landscape. Yeah. We wouldn't have farm, you know, the types of farms. And yeah. so we wouldn't have the grasslands in the way that they would be. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, in terms of how it shapes the culture, it's tough to say how something that happened 300 years ago, yeah. like if it hadn't happened, how would the culture be different? <laughs> like, well, none of us would be here. Yeah. So it would be a completely different scenario. Okay. Um... Thank you for all your answers. They were great. Um, those are all the questions we have. So thank you for the interview. Awesome. Thanks so much. Colonization is something that will always be a part of American culture, is what formed our country. It needs to be taught in school through both perspectives of the colonizers and the colonized. In the past, colonization has only been taught through the perspective of the colonizers and what they did, but rarely through the eyes of the colonized and how they suffered. Showing both sides of the issue allows us to understand what the colonizers and the colonized people experienced and how that affects the world today. Yeah, so Unipro Estera was a missionary. Um, and uh, it's kind of he's the one responsible for kind of all the missions up the the west coast like from baja california up through um the bay area um he kind of started all that um you know so he had a he was kind of the person who was responsible for like first contact with a lot of um the indigenous people on the west coast of the united states the colonization is taught in schools obviously now it's like not very thorough especially for like younger groups so what do you think the most important aspect is when we teach it um well i think first and foremost is just addressing it as a thing that actually happened um and not kind of a uh, like putting um any sort of um you know moral judgment on it in terms of like this happened and we should feel this way about it it should i think it should be like this is kind of what happened these were the motivations of the people who did these things and kind of what was uh, what were their driving um you know, do certain things, you know, spread Catholicism, make money for England, whatever it happened to be. Um, when they ran up against people who had already lived in these areas, um, there was conflict. And sometimes um, some bad things happened. And generationally, we're still kind of feeling the fallout of uh, some of these. Um, so do you think colonization affects people to this day? Increase their footprint, their foothold um, in the world by taking their political structure, their economic structure, their religious, um, you know, whatever the popular religions are um, for those um, for those countries and spread it.
right? And they want to kind of expand their empire, right? Um, by creating colonies in other areas of the world, right? So colonialism and or colonization and imperialism, pretty similar in terms of the end goal. Um, and to do that, you have to displace structures that already existed, um, and that's going to cause a lot of conflict. Um, obviously, conflict that leads to violence and generational resentment and generational damage. Um, so obviously, the, the impact of colonization still affects people today. I mean, us as a country began as colonies. We were British colonies, right? And we, we fought a whole war. Uh, to gain independence from the country that created the colonies, right? They wanted to spread more of the English empire um, across the Atlantic Ocean. And after a while, the people living in those colonies were like, mm, we don't want to be colonies anymore. We want to be our own country, right? And so we fought a war about it. And now we're our own country. Looking at that fact, right, that we came from colonialism, so the kind of the, the background influence of this idea of taking what you have and spreading it regardless of what already exists in other places um, was kind of a big part of our national identity from a very, very early stage. So um, you look at you know, things like Manifest Destiny, spreading the, um, you know, the, the country of America from the East Coast to the West Coast, and this was something we were destined to do. Um, that's a, you know, that's a colonizer mindset. We have to go out and there's already people that live here that have lived here for a long time that have their own distinct cultures and communities and all this kind of stuff. And we're going to force them to either absorb this culture that we want them to be part of, or we're going to make sure that they're not around to cause problems. Right. And so that's, you know, clearly that's kind of part of the foundation. It's not a pretty part, but it is a part so I think recognizing that and understanding that there is still kind of generational trauma that a lot of people are feeling or maybe being unduly influenced by, um, I think that's a, an important thing to understand. So, yeah, I definitely think that, um, you know, it's still affecting people to this day, whether they overtly realize it or not. Do you think figures like Hunebrosera and Sir Francis Drake are represented accurately in schools? And if you don't, like, what do you think? is the best way to go by like um, representing them like to especially like to elementary and like middle schoolers? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, th those two figures in particular, you know, Sarah and Drake um, are significant figures as Californians, right? Because those are kind of the two, two of the key figures that kind of were kind of early European contact with, you know, all the, um, all the indigenous peoples that live up and down the West Coast to go explore and find, find riches for England and expand, you know, English influence, take kind of emotions out of it. Like with like grade school age kids, like there was this dude, Sir Francis Drake, he was hired by England to do this. He kind of, um, you know, and, and Drake was a privateer. He was hired by England. Um, I think early on, if we kind of like, um, you know, so I think a lot of times, uh, especially the way that I, I learned about it in, you know, the, the mid to late eighties was that they were like bold adventurers doing stuff that nobody had ever done. And they were, you know, bringing civilization like to these, to these uh, people who didn't have civilization. And, um, you know, as you grow and learn about it and kind of people point things out, it's like, well, you know, just because they didn't have brick and mortar buildings doesn't mean they weren't civilized, you know, just because they weren't Roman Catholics doesn't mean they weren't civilized. Um, you know, just because they didn't care about gold and it wasn't an important mineral to them doesn't mean they weren't civilized. Right. So 
you know, he circumnavigated the globe in a single in a, in a single expedition. That's amazing, right? Um, does that mean that we forgive the fact that he really wasn't that great of a person? Uh, I don't think it does. You know, so we can recognize the amazing thing thing uh, that that Sir Francis Drake did, and also recognize the fact that maybe he wasn't a very good person and his methods were pretty terrible. Um, and we can recognize those things at the same time. We don't have to either canonize or demonize um, these historical figures, right? It's not, they're not mutually exclusive on other parts of this newly discovered continent, right? Or newly explored continent. Um, so I think early on, just kind of be really neutral about, here's Junipero Serra. He started missions up and down the coast, right? And, and instead of kind of influencing whether or not that was good or bad, which are moral judgments, um, you know, kind of be like, this is what he did. And then as, you know, as you age up and your brain matures and we can make uh, bigger connections, like the, the way that Unipero Sarah, you know, went about forming these missions and how they kind of forced, you know, the, the, uh, the, the peoples that they came into contact with to convert to Catholicism or die, you know, like this is why we're building the mission. So you can be Catholic and you can be saved and, and go to heaven when you, when you die. And if you're not going to do that, we'll just kill you right now. Right. Um, so like you kind of like left them with this not very great choice. Um, and then even if they did in the, in the case of Sarah, even if they did convert, they were still practically treated like like slaves. Right. Um, they had to do all the work. They had to build the missions. They had to do, you know, do all this extra stuff that, um, you know, the Spanish settlers did not have to do. Right. But they got to take advantage of. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. And then Sir Francis Drake himself was a privateer, which is a very, very kind way of saying a pirate. He would go out and take other people's riches and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, he was entrenched in the slave trade um, and all that kind of stuff. So we know these things about him, but do we have to teach that to, uh, you know, a year old kid? Uh, probably not. Right. But the uh, 12 year old that we, where we can have some, a little bit more, you know, in-depth conversations and understanding how those types of aspects of their personalities might still affect people today and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's a little bit more appropriate. Colonization is something that will always be a part of our culture and should always be taught in schools, truthfully and without bias. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would like to thank Mr. Williams and Mr. Boyd for being a part of our interviews and giving us a unique and thoughtful perspective.